Antifa. Welcome to Move Left Idiots, a progressive talk podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Montarulo. I'm joined by my co-host, LaDonna Loki. Uh, LaDonna. Hello. Hello. How's hey. everybody? <laughs> and Max Crone. Hey. Great great week of news, huh? Really uplifting. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be another positive show. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, I know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, ha- I have like six things I wanted to get to, but I, I-, I suspect we're, we're not going to get much past the sex assault stuff because... <laughs> It's a lot. There's about six of them major ones that happened this week, and I want to unpack each one. I don't even know if I can remember each fucking one right now. I I, I have a list, a mini list. I'm sure I missed somebody because it seems like there's like three a day. There are so many. It really is hard Um, to keep track of. It's actually, it should be more like the list of people who haven't been added to the list yet. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, unfortunately, very short list. I I did just want to... um, Mentioned something that I just saw come across the newswire as we were setting up to record uh, from the AP. U.S. puts Palestinians on notice. D.C. office may be shuttered. And then within the body of that article, uh, under a law passed by Congress, the PLO, Palestinian Liberation Organization, loses their ability to have a mission in the U.S. Capitol if they support an ICC investigation of Israelis for crimes against Palestinians. So if they support an international criminal court investigation of Israelis for crimes against Palestinians, they lose their ability to have a mission in the U.S. Capitol. What the? Yeah. And this is just a fucking long line. And I actually heard somebody talking about this recently, but this is just another example. The U.S. fucking hates the concept of an international criminal court because they know that almost all of our ex-presidents are fucking war criminals and that they could be prosecuted in an international criminal court. Right. So so the U.S. has always taken major drastic steps to to put off the formation of an international criminal court and to, to, like, to... Uh, belittle their status and not. So you don't even think it's necessarily about the Palestinians well, it, so much it, as it is. It's both. I mean, it's two yeah. for one because they love serving, you know, Israeli national interests because they have an undue influence in our political processes. But also, the U.S. is very against the establishment of a strong ICC because they know George Bush would have been in fucking jail for life or probably, you know hung or whatever the death penalty looks like in ICC. Yeah. Uh, Barack Obama certainly should have been brought up on war, war crime charges. He fucking killed an American citizen with a drone. (laughs) And then basically then his administration was like, Oh, well he kid should have better parents. That was like their response to that. Well, you know what? I see on that one though, that wasn't the dad a terrorist if I remember correctly or something like that. So, you know, yeah, but it's just the whole, the whole, I get it. It's a citizen, but you know what? Your dad's a fucking terrorist, and he yeah, keeps he you. He keeps no, his five year old with him. So, but you they know, know that's, they actually didn't know that the father was with him. They just uh, uh, it, that's that's know. a terrorist holding his daughter as a human shield. I think I view that differently uh, than than others I, I, might. I, 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 that did not. That was not the way it was. That it was portrayed. The other thing is their kill list that they had. You know, during the Obama administration under the the drone program which has obviously continued and gotten even worse under the Trump administration, 
was just indiscriminate. He would just sign off on a list of like 40 people. The CIA was like, hey, Mr. President, these are the people we suspect are terrorists. I mean, I, you know, people like Hillary Clinton mused like, hey, why don't we put Julian? Uh, can't we just uh, drone Julian Assange ready? Like, well, what the, you know, like, this is the discussion that we hear on these things and the process that they actually go through government in government are two different things. I mean, yeah, Hillary Clinton can, you know, talk about shit like it's that. It's probably but worse than we fucking know. <laughs> no, I, I think that there's I don't think that there it's as easy as as we make it sound. I'm sure that there are <laughs> standards in place. Yeah, I, I want to believe literally, <laughs> it's he so, would literally sign off on a kill list almost every, every morning. Day. Uh, it, look, it, it's extrajudicial. Right. And it's it's a it's a war crime. I mean, it's like like I understand that there's a need for drone surveillance in in warfare, but it's been turned into because he just did not rein in the military industrial complex. It's been turned into just a blank check for the, you know, for this endless war we have going on in the Middle East where we're bombing in fucking uh, probably upwards of 10 countries. I mean, it was seven. The better argument. Niger and like all these other places. The better argument against it is just, you know, if we want to stop having terrorists, we need to stop creating terrorists. And every time we drone strike somebody and we've got a bunch of civilian casualties and people's brothers and aunts and uncles and, you know, whatever are impacted, that is just creating a new generation of terrorists. So it's really not helping the situation. No, of course. That's the whole, that's our whole Middle East policy. Yeah. In a nutshell. The situation a thousand times worse. And anyone with a fucking brain could have told you that before going in there that by going in there and starting to indiscriminately bomb them and kill civilians, we were going to create 10 times as many terrorists as we got rid of. It's never been about eradicating terrorism. It's been about right. fueling the military industrial complex. Right. So back to the Israel thing too. I, I love how we have this whole Russia, 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 Russia influence. No one wants to talk about the fact that APAC and Israel uh, national interests and Netanyahu run the show here. Same with the Saudis. No one wants to talk about that because that actually, that's who the establishment is actually in bed with. Well, and our whole discussions, you know, as a country about wanting Middle East peace and the you know, concept of a two state solution really become disingenuous when you see things like this. It's well, just clear, I mean, yeah, that, that they don't really want that. Our Middle East policy is a fucking joke. Our Middle East policy is literally dictated to us by the two worst, I would argue, the two worst countries in terms of human rights abuses in the Middle East being Israel and uh, Saudi Arabia. Israel, you know, <laughs> participating in a, in a slow genocide of the Palestinians. And, and I, obviously I know it's a more complicated situation than that, but they've clearly turned from uh, one one side in a pretty even conflict into the oppressors, and, and nobody's standing up to them because they're our allies, and they backed us up in Iraq and yada yada. And Saudi Arabia, because they trade on the petrodollar, <laughs> we fucking let them literally perpetuate the worst genocide that's going on in the fucking world right now in Yemen. Right, uh, which not enough people are talking about. Which nobody's fucking talking. It was pulling teeth to get a resolution through uh, Congress to even say that we were doing it, not even to do anything about yeah. it, just a resolution to say, hey, it's pretty fucking wrong what Saudi Arabia is doing. Not even to say that we're aiding them, but we are. We're fucking fueling their fighter jets. We're helping them plan raids. We're selling them cluster bombs, which are illegal in the in, in international in international court, at least. Um, and we're totally complicit in their absolute genocide of the poorest country in the Arab world. I mean, 
Well, and, you know, now there's this blockade where they can't bring in food. So it's huge famine, humanitarian crisis. You've got cholera. You've got, I mean, just a host of other. The the, the photographs are the worst. It's, I mean, it's, every it's, day I see it on Twitter. It's, fucking it's so heartbreaking. And a friend of mine actually wrote a piece in, in my blog talking about um, the birth defects that are happening over there and related to, you know, potential other chemical warfare or other things that, that we or other countries have been involved in. They can't necessarily place it all. But, but if you look at some of those photographs, I actually told her I couldn't publish it. The photographs were so, um, just heartbreaking. Um, so she did a different version of it. It it is out there, but yeah, it's it's just terrible. They're not even letting humanitarian aid groups in and we fucking condone this. This is our ally, this country, like this is fucking unconscionable that we're standing by and letting this happen. I don't want to hear a goddamn thing about having to intervene in any military situation. If we're not going to intervene, and at least, you know, sanction the Saudis and cut off uh, the, 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 the fucking the weapons we're selling to them, the aid we're giving them. It's, it's absurd. Well, I mean, it's, it's particularly frustrating for me to look at these photographs because I grew up remembering USA for Africa, remembering what was going on in Ethiopia and live aid and, you know, all these things about, you know, the people over there starving and trying to get food to them and stuff. And so there's that on the one hand, right? But then you've got people starving here where we're, it's not even a matter of, you know, us being able to provide them food or whatever. We're actively a part of them being blocked from all sustenance altogether. So it's just, it's crazy to think, you know, 20, 30 years, how that's changed people's view on things. But I really feel like more pictures do need to get out there. The American public needs to be aware. And as hard as it is to look at, this is this is reality for the people over there. This is their lives, and they're they're wasting away and they're dying. Yeah, no, I mean we we really can't turn away as much as that's always my instinct when I see shit like that. Yeah, and it should be on the front page of every newspaper in America every fucking day until we actually look at what we're doing in the Middle East and who well, we're letting dictate our policy and why we're doing that because but it's you know unconscionable. You know who who gets the gets all of the blame and all of this somehow magically, it's always centers back on Iran. And because (laughs) if you look at Hezbollah and Hamas are the two biggest terrorist organizations that we say are on the terrorist list and we're trying to fight against them and Iran funnels weapons to them through Syria, et cetera, et cetera. But the Saudis who we sell all this shit to are aiding and abetting and funding fucking terrorists in Syria Iraq, like ISIS and al-Nusra in Northern Africa, in fucking Yemen. This is all I a mean, proxy war with Iran, because they want to start uh, Iran, Iran, I know there's like some <laughs> argument. Iran. The, yeah, okay. <laughs> um, it, this is all a proxy war with Iran. It, it's it's unbelievable that that like they, they're just getting away with this. And, uh, you know, the reasons, nobody fully can understand, because it's a really complicated, complex situation, but I mean, I think a lot of it stems from the fact that the Saudis are fucking autocracy basically they're you know like and uh iran is a is a messy democracy is a really sometimes not uh it's it's a it it can be at times a corrupt democracy but the idea of democracy is fucking terrifying to these saudi princes i mean uh the the current uh leader of saudi arabia i forget i i can't recall his name now but he's a saudi prince just jailed a bunch of his fucking political opponents and 
the morons in our press who were just the fucking lapdogs to power covered it like, oh, well, the new Saudi prince is a reformer who like what the, Getting fuck? Rid of corruption. the fucking New York <laughs> Times did that. It's unbelievable. We just yeah. carry water for these fucking war criminals because they support us in our own fucking war crimes. I mean, I think that's really what it is. It's like a cycle of war crimes. Even though they're actively literally funding funding groups on the ground that are against U.S. interests and supposed to be the big boogeyman of terrorism that we're trying to fight. It's It's like the whole thing is centered around money. And actually, without us diving more into this, but I encourage people to do more research, of course. The two sources are listen to Intercepted podcast always, but especially this week. Um, He really broke down what's going on with the situation, Jeremy Scahill. And then... Do the research. A couple of great, uh, you know, uh, professors too of of Middle Eastern uh, uh, politics, like people who are really well versed in Middle Eastern politics this week. So that was an interesting. Oh yeah, and and look at our relationship with the Saudis goes back to FDR. After World War II, we realized that one of the only reasons we could be so successful, well, having two oceans helps, but also our vast oil resources um, helped helped us on the ground fuel our tanks and our planes, et cetera, et cetera. So FDR realized we needed to always have a stable lock on oil as a national security interest, and he met with, uh, I don't know if it was al-Saud, but one of the kings at the time of Saudi Arabia, and that's really when our partnership started with Saudi Arabia. And the history of the U.S. and the English in the Middle East is one of just absolute terror, colonialism, imperialism, and atrocities. And any attempt that these people have tried to make towards democracy, we have literally sabotaged. And then we say, oh, they hate us for our freedoms. Why we kill their family members and, right. keep, and keep dictators and literally some of the worst fucking regimes in the world. We fucking power. overthrew Mossadegh and a democratically elected leader in Iran. And we installed a fucking a the- theocratic puppet who turned that region into one of the most fundamentalist. Uh, countries in the Middle East because we didn't fucking like that Mossadegh was saying, hey, maybe uh, I'm not just going to give you the soil. Maybe I'm going to you know, keep some for my people. Like, it's fucking unbelievable. This, this shit goes back do. to like every lie in education that we've ever been told, though. I mean, think about the way that we were taught about Christopher Columbus or Native <laughs> Americans or any of that. I mean, la, 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 la. you like, you know, I guess, to, you know, the victors get to, to rewrite history. And so that's, you know, what we've done, we continue to do. But yeah, man, I mean, so this, you know, for people who don't know, they're entirely dependent upon seaports for everything, for food, for medicine, for fuel, everything. Um, and just looking at this article here, it says uh, more than 17 million Yemenis or more than two thirds of the population are already food insecure. That's even before any of this happens. So now, uh, as a point of reference, World Food Program tells us there are 111 days until current stocks of rice run out and 97 days until current stocks of wheat run out. So it's bad. I mean, these are people that are already like barely alive, many of them. Uh, More than two thirds of the people in need and more than 80 percent of all cholera cases are located in areas close to Hudayaya and Salif ports. Um, So, you know, near these port areas and, and that's where the blockades are. We've got to. We've got to deal with this um, this and get the hell out of there. Yeah. It's unbelievable. And not only are we not – I'm not even saying we need to intervene militarily. We need to stop fucking giving aid to the people who are doing this. 
Like this right. is un- it's un- I can't be- like I can't even believe that we have to fucking say this. It's insane. Well, it's Coffee a crisis gathered. of such magnitude that the UN is saying they can't feed seven million people every single month. You know, like oh, it's, it's just it's beyond doable. So effectively, we are watching genocide. another genocide. Um, on our we're, watches, we're, and if- we're facilitating. I would, I would argue, I, we're participating in a genocide. I would argue, even yeah, we as in the United States. Yeah, yeah. With, I mean, the average the American, you know, feels about as tied to that as you know Santa Claus. I mean, it just you know more tied probably to Santa Claus. No, no, nobody fucking even knows about it. That's the yeah. craziest thing. And Chris Murphy, you know, I, I have my criticisms of him in general, but he was he's fucking great on this issue, mm-hmm. and he was. Just he was just furious on the floor of the Senate, and he was just like, "How can you just sit by and 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 watch this?" Je-? Like he brought you know the photos that we were talking about. He brought them to the floor of the Senate and made all these fucking scumbags who were aiding aiding and abetting this this behavior uh, look at these photos and say, "Look, this is what we're doing. Um, do something about it." And And from an editorial perspective, like, so having thought about putting these photos on the blog, you know, I'll, I'll be honest, what occurred to me is, gosh, you know, when people are on social media and they're, you know, reading through things, you know, these, you know, they might be eating or doing something else and might not want to see this, but you know what? Fuck that. Like we need to see this. This needs to be in our faces. And if that makes you lose your lunch or lose your dinner, uh, that's more food than these people will probably have in a week's time. Um, you know, that's a luxury. So I think we do need to have this in our faces. And that's the thing I've, I've been saying for a long time is you, our country is so desensitized to real violence, but then we have so much fake violence, like our TV, our video games, everything. And I play violent video games, but like we have so much violence on a daily basis that is not connected to the real world. And then we're hidden from that. My, My buddy who lived, who still he's from Katif in Saudi Arabia. He's a Shia. They fucking hate Shia in Saudi Arabia, the ruling class because they're Wahhabis. Um, Shia are worse actually... than anything else. Real quick. He showed me a picture of when his mosque got bombed and oh what God. that carnage actually looked like. Oh yeah. And like these pictures of the kids in Yemen, that's the shit that the news should be showing us, but instead they show us footage of us bombing the shit out of Baghdad during shock and awe because we're a militaristic country. And because it looks like pretty fireworks. And then they spend the rest of the time talking about fucking Russia because that's the, that's clearly what's on the fucking minds of everyday Americans. But you, what you said is interesting because people I don't think people really fully grasp that, like, it, it, people just think of the Middle East as like, oh, they're Muslims. Like, no, like... The, the Sunnis and the Shias fucking hate each other. They're, that's like, I, I'm trying to think of like the, the U.S. equivalent. I really, I really can't think Democrats of Democrats and Republicans. <laughs> yeah, no, seriously. I mean, they're totally but different. If, if the Democrats or if the Republicans had the Democrats cornered in a city and surrounded them and allowed people to attack them, right. that would be right. the, Well, <laughs> we might be getting there. <laughs> might be on our way. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's just unbelievable. And I, I really hope that we can do something about it. Well, I would say, you know, to anybody listening to this right now, call your member of Congress. They, they need to be looking into this. They need to be, you know, educating themselves on it. And, um, I mean, this is, 
you know, if you ask yourself, what would you have done, you know, during the Holocaust, this is the equivalent what's happening right now. And so this is our time to show what we would do. And I think we need to be as active about this as we are with things like, you know, healthcare reform and other things. We need to be just as vocal. And, uh, and there are bills that, that are, our congressman can support uh there's you know there's the stop arming terrorist act which tulsi gabbard introduced years ago and still hasn't somehow picked up traction despite the fact that all it says is hey let's stop fucking sending guns to groups that we know are terrorists or affiliated with terrorists (laughs) that seems like not not that big of an ask but apparently it is um because that would mean stopping arms sales to saudi arabia who are the biggest state sponsors of terror in the fucking world but they're also our allies, so we kind of turn the other way. Yeah, I mean, I you know, people forget, but, like, I think it was 14 of the 16 9-11 hijackers were from we're fucking from Saudi Arabia. Like, yeah. <laughs> the Saudi Arabia did 9-11 for all intents and purposes, yet mm-hmm. we fucking bombed Afghanistan and then somehow Iraq. So, you know, <laughs> go figure. I still look back at myself back then, and I'm like, how the fuck did even... I mean, I'm an intelligent enough person. How did I allow that... You know, to well, to mentally twist me into supporting you know, some of that fucking, shit. The fucking mainstream media, even the quote unquote liberal media, fucking beating the drums for that war. Yeah, the right. New York Times, Washington Post, saying it's 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 unbelievable that somebody would think that Iraq does not have weapons of mass destruction. Just fucking gaslighting the American people on mass, and you wonder why we get lied into these wars. It's because well, the fucking press has no. Just has lost all sense of purpose since they become just these corporate entities. Well, failing to mention that if Saddam had any chemical weapons left, it was from what us and the fucking French gave <laughs> the ones him to that use we against the Iranians. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was the that was the big thing is that that like the, a lot of their justification was like, oh well, he after they moved the goalposts and when they found out that there were no weapons of mass destruction, it's like, well, he's a bad guy. He gassed his own people. With fucking chemical weapons, we sold him. Like, what? Yeah. It's just so... Oh, my God. I, I just can't. Um, to uh, put a pin on this point, I just want to say, like, all the progressives listening, like, that we seriously need anti-war awareness and an anti-war movement. Oh so God, it's so one of those badly. things that if if you see Tulsi Gabbard's doing a good job on this, like multiple other pieces of legislation, or Ro Khanna or somebody else... Start championing that and supporting them, spreading their message, and like LaDonna said, calling your representative. Also, at some point, we need a fucking... If we can have a women's march, we need to have a march to end this fucking atrocity and violence around the world. Well, there's a bigger discussion here, and that's around our economy and being a war-based economy. This is the way that we get ourselves out of recessions is by getting into more wars. And so, you know, we need to have an honest discussion about the entire military-industrial complex, how you go about dismantling that without, uh, you know, entirely weakening our defenses as as a government, as a country. And it's all cyclical because, you know, we, we talk a lot about how the middle class is purposely being just totally destroyed in favor of having two classes, which is the ruling class and just everybody else who can't fucking get by to keep them in a perpetual state of worrying about their own lives so they can't worry about the shit we're actually doing abroad right. militarily. And that's that's no fucking act. Like, I don't th- those things are related, you know, like the reason we're in all these conflicts is because nobody can fucking pay attention to these things because they're worrying about like how they're going to feed their kids and if we keep voting for these fucking lesser of two evil politicians it's going to keep slowly creeping 
to the level where income inequality, it's already as bad as it was during the Gilded Age. It's going to literally reach a record high uh, if it keeps going at this rate. And we're not doing anything to stop it. So uh, we need people to wake up in mass. And I don't know what, what it's going to take. I mean, you know, Bernie did a lot to bring awareness to that. But we, we need more. We need we need 50 Bernie's in the Senate and we need, you know, 250 Bernie's in the house. Yeah. I honestly think it's going to take an entirely new generation, you know, if not millennials and the ones after them, you know, they're, they're all, yeah, if we have a planet by (laughs) then, if we can stick around, we're all going to be underwater by 2050 anyway. So, um, but I think the people that are in power right now are, are not going to, make the changes that we need so it needs to yield to a, a new generation of leaders that have a different viewpoint on things well no of course i mean i you know i i, I didn't have time to prepare topics on it but uh, there were two big things this week a bunch of fucking democrats got together with republicans to ease wall street regulations <laughs> yeah this was to ease ease uh the to to get rid of a provision in dodd frank which was already a bullshit obama era watered down version of glass steagall which, you know, Glass-Steagall separated commercial banks and investment banks. Dodd-Frank was basically like, hey, maybe you should separate, uh, you know, (laughs) the craziest uh, speculation from the regular, you know, business of banking. And the fucking, a bunch of fucking Democrats in the Senate got together to do away with even that bullshit regulation. And this is like, to my point about why we can't accept this lesser of two evils bullshit, because, um... Someone have their headphones out? No. Max? Max? Max. Hello? Okay. So, and this is, like, part of the reason I was saying we need to do away with this lesser of two evils bullshit is because, you know, Barney Barney Frank, the the Frank, the eponymous Frank in Dodd Frank, Uh uh, once said to Jordan Chariton, uh, what would you rather have us take none of the Wall Street money? Would you, or, or, or take twenty percent of the money? If if they're gonna, you know, if the Republicans are gonna take it all, why shouldn't we take at least twenty percent of it? Which is just so fucking stupid, and it makes them perpetual losers because you're always give it. You're always getting less money from Wall Street, and you're uh, impure in the fact that you're getting money from these people that want to influence you. So. Um, to that point, that's why we get shit like Dodd-Frank, which doesn't go nearly far enough, doesn't break up the big banks, doesn't uh, make them pay a penalty for all the shit that they do that brings us into a fucking recession, you know, crashes us into a recession. And we're on the verge of another crash because we're in, you know, Wall Street's hitting record high numbers and everyone on all the fucking financial channels is like, oh, this is great. Wall Street and the market's a record high. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it always is at a record high before it fucking plunges into the shitter which is totally going to happen because we're deregulating Wall Street again like crazy because we're fucking, like Jimmy Dore says, we're adult children of alcoholics and we never <laughs> learn the fucking lessons of uh, the past and we just keep doing the same things. But um, there was that and then there was the... Uh, oh, there, was a, there was a second thing that they got together on that was horrible. Oh, the payday lending thing. Uh, and there, there, oh, and then yeah. there was the payday lending thing where Mark Warner, uh, just awesome Democrat, uh, I believe sponsored a bill that, you know, obviously a bunch of Republicans and a lot of corporate Democrats signed on for 
to uh, ease restrictions on payday lenders, who are literally the most predatory <laughs> lenders in the fucking the world. Worst. They I prey mean, on even, the poorest people in the country. Even our shitty Republican here in Wisconsin, Glenn Grothman, even he is against, like, he's a Koch Brothers, Tea Party, you know, asshat. Even he thinks payday lenders are the scum of the earth and opposes this shit. So that, I mean, just tells you how bad they are. They are the worst of the worst. I mean, people put their vehicles up, you know, and wind up losing their vehicles, which just traps them into a cycle of poverty. I mean, they they could the charge people, you like 400% interest on some of these loans. Exactly. And so, you know, they had increased restrictions. And I think you know, that made it more difficult for these, you know, payday lenders to do what they were doing. And I, I you know, I get that. But what they were doing was horrible. Yes, so they're doing <laughs> preying on the poorest people of the country. Debbie Wasserman Schultz, by the way, literally invests in payday lending companies. Not oh only is she gosh. funded by them, she fucking has money in them. But again, you know, Bernie's not a Democrat, so it's <laughs> <laughs> well, important part here. <laughs> in Ohio, we have the highest rates because a few years ago, legislation, a ballot initiative passed that capped how much they could charge. Well, the industry didn't like that, so they put it up for another vote. We still won. Then they used their power in the state house. They no single payday lender in Ohio is licensed under what payday lenders are supposed to be licensed under. There's a loophole. That is why they charge us the highest fucking rates in the entire country because they're not regulated under what they're supposed to be because they own every Republican and Democrat in the state house. It seems like. And because we fucking never send a single person to jail for financial crimes, so they think they can literally do whatever they want, and they can. Yeah, I, they get away with it. I have these friends that are Trump supporters that, you know, every now and then the stock market, you know, obviously it's been up and up. And so they keep posting, you know, the what what it's what the Dow is at, you know, every day, like, woohoo, you know, yes, Trump's As fixing if he didn't everything. This from Obama, but yeah. And I'm like, oh my fucking God, what are you going to do in six months when all the shit hits the fan? I mean, what do they say? It's only like 3% of, of people that own like all of the stock. So it's, only you know, like such 80% a... percent of the stocks on yeah. the street, yeah. So it's such a small number of people, but but those people that keep all their money there, they're, they're going to be hurting <laughs> very soon yeah. when this all crashes. That's all right. Don't worry. We'll bail them out again. It's fine. Well, uh, there you go. Yeah, so it's really not a problem. Nothing to see here. We'll pay to bail them out. It's, it's fine. <laughs> Guys, look, if we don't bail them out, then our economy is going to fail. They're too big to fail at this point. Well, you know, modern monetary theory says we can just keep printing money forever. Okay, and I'm going to go off for a second because (laughs) y'all... You're going to draw some controversy on this Y'all MMT people, I know I'm going to hear it from you, but let me tell you, you guys are doing yourselves a disservice. In every forum, in every Facebook group, everywhere I see you, all you fucking do is lecture people. That's all you do. And if you think that someone says one or two things wrong about it, which, you know, it's economics. Not everybody is like, uh, you know, super schooled on all of it. If you think that somebody is even slightly wrong on something, you know, pages and pages of, of, you know, yelling at them and one and, you know, like jumping on them, like they're, uh, you know, scavengers on a dead body or something. I mean, it's just, you guys need to just chill the fuck out. Okay. I know you think that this is the way to sell to people that we can afford all of the social services programs and other stuff that, that we want to do, but, but there are other ways to do that. If we, you know, talking about this, military industrial complex if we shifted some of our funds and other things you don't necessarily have to believe in magical mmt theory whatever and and yeah so basically for people that don't know mmt is basically the theory that money is bullshit and we can print as much as we want it doesn't matter the deficit doesn't matter things like that i mean that's a really simplified yeah it's a super simplified way but the whole point is like look 
we're in a country with a very diverse range of opinions. You are never going to win over independent voters with that fucking bullshit. Like, I'm not saying it can't work necessarily, but look, the there are ways we can explain to fiscal conservatives that our ideas are not only uh, doable, that they're fucking no, like th that it's so easy to do if we would just focus some of the money that's going towards the military budget or just a bunch of other bloated industries into that and explain to them that, look, we're already paying into these systems. We don't need to print new money to do it. We're our fucking tax dollars are being spent on bullshit that we do not support. If we had a representative Congress that actually uh, represented us and put money into things that we support, we'd have all this shit already. Yep. So that's the argument that you make to win over voters and to win over people who are to the right of you. You can't fucking give them this, even if it may work in theory. You can't give them this print money bullshit because that's going to make them turn their brains off to you immediately and say, this person's a fucking fairy duster, whatever they would say. But I have even let, I, I don't even really have a, a problem with the theory itself so much as I have with the tactics that MMT people are using. That's really my issue. And, you know, that's I work with candidates. And so, you know, I see the shit that they get from MMT people. It's like, you know, watch this video, watch this other video. I mean, it's like pages and pages of just, you know, um, throwing information at people and the average American, I mean, a lot of people, they, they just did a, um, a study. A lot of people don't even, can't even name one of the three branches of government. This <laughs> is like, you know, you want to talk to them about economics or, you know, economic theories. It's just, it, it, it doesn't, um, it's, it's pointless. You need to think yeah. about a different way to discuss these things. And it's like the much simpler message is look, we're already paying a fuck ton of taxes. The people at the top are not paying their fair share. We're paying arguably more than our fair share. All of this money is going towards bullshit we don't support anyway. If we just got people in there who represented us, we could make sure that the money stopped going to fucking endless wars and countries over conflicts that we don't even fully understand and went towards things like uh, universal public, you know, free public college for all. Uh, you know, Medicare for all, like <laughs> give people health care. Like, come on, Max, I know you're, you're jumping in your seat. What do you want to say? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm with you. I, 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 I think MMT has its, has its merits and is right, but I had a candidate that was really for it, but yeah, it's, you're right. I mean, if people can't name the three branches of government, <laughs> you're not going to sell this idea to them. It's well, just... you also got to like the first, literally the first step in it is convincing people that the federal reserve is not a part of our government. It's a private bank. So what, and that's a, that's already a giant step to take. And then you have fucking explaining how it won't affect inflation, blah, blah, blah. And you're right, LaDonna, everybody who makes the argument is a total dick about it, <laughs> is the truth. I mean, they belittle people and yeah. they, oh, it's insane. So yeah, that's why I'm, the people right now that push MMT, well, and also there's a whole, this is part of a broader problem where there is a whole group of progressives now, some of which only have a platform like Zach Holler from covering Bernie that now want to shit on Bernie and shit on every progressive that doesn't agree with every single thing that they think is right because are you they talking are the about supreme. purists? <laughs> Is yeah. it purity you know, test? Yeah. Not even a purist. Like, I, no, I, he's I, gone I, into like the rabbit hole conspiracy. Some of these people like sound way more like MAGA people now than yeah. There's right right wing shit. Like uh, Miami yeah. Gator had that great tweet where he uh, went after him, and then he had a hashtag: "Don't trust people who hate shirts." Um, <laughs> and it was fucking because he goes by shirtless pundit. <laughs> yeah. 
and he's always the only shirtless. reason that half these people have any platform. No, not that half. All these people only have a platform because of Bernie Sanders. Let's right. keep that straight. So, and then they turn around and they shit on him. And it's not even a valid critique. All of us on this show before, or at least in our personal conversations, have critiqued Bernie for being weak on his foreign policy. I think we criticized and him last week about this. Yeah. 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 Like, that's a valid way to go about that. They just act like he's the biggest sellout that's ever happened to humanity. And I don't know. I come from loyalty point, where you don't you, bite the hand that feeds you. Yeah. So, at which point I feel like all they wind up doing is talking negatively about the politicians they hate, but they can never name one that they actually really like and support everything for because that's that's just it. They're such purists that no one will ever, um, you know, meet their test. Yeah, and I hate even using the word purist because it gets used against people like us who yeah. just have genuine, like, hey, maybe our politicians shouldn't be totally in the fucking pockets of Wall Street and the military. It does right, complex. which is a completely different. Yeah, yeah. And there, look, there's a degree of everything. I think there's everyone has their own their own you know kind of breaking point. But when you're actively hurting real progressive candidates uh, because you think that they're they're bullshit or whatever, like, ask yourself, like, what are you helping? Like. I, I, I get, like, that they're... Look, fucking Iron Stash is a yeah. total fucking bullshit fake progressive. Like, and Bernie he, completely pissed me off by backing yeah. him when there was another real progressive in yeah, that race that he could have backed. I get the fact that Iron Stash is more well-funded, but I believe that that was entirely, you know, built by the establishment. Um, and, and it was interesting, actually, even in Bernie's endorsement video of him, it was like, Bernie did all the talking. Like, they didn't even <laughs> want to even show this guy talking. It was that bad. But well, He's been dodging fucking debates, so clearly he yeah. can't string two sentences together. Yeah. We're, we're, we'll try to have Kathy Myers on. I'm sure she has plenty to say about the subject. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, you know, and that's disappointing. And that's Bernie. Look, Bernie is always making moves, and we're not. we're never sure what they're in service of in terms of, you know, yeah, there's trying some... to shore up the Democratic Party. And it's exactly. Like... There's some game playing with the establishment in terms of, you know, keeping them closer, further away. I think he wants to keep them close while being able to hold them as accountable as he can within the, you know, sphere of his influence. Pants, but yeah. Sometimes it's jumping on the wrong side. He wants to line, replace but... them. Yeah. Also, he like, does. that's the other yeah. thing. He's trying, he's actively trying to replace them. <laughs> I, I think sometimes he makes, he makes missteps, but look, I mean, I don't think he has bad intentions. I think he ultimately wants to run in 2020, so he knows he's going to not, he's going to need to not shit all over them every right. chance he gets because he needs some support and he knows right. they're going to try to fuck him anyway. Yeah. But he needs to at least have the high road to say, look, I did all this. I campaigned for more Democrats than any other sitting senator. And look at what they still fucking did to me. I'll run as an independent. That's my hope is that that's what he's keeping in his back pocket. But, you know, I, I, it, it, we'll find out in a couple yeah. of years. Yeah. Draft Bernie found out pretty quick the answer to that question. <laughs> yeah, well, that, you know, that, that came know. out in a medium story that they've since moved away from uh, their goal of drafting Bernie because he basically told them no. The goal so. of grifting and using his name to gain more platform and status. Yeah, we're, we're, we're just, we're just fucking actually brilliant. bombs. All, we're just <laughs> bombing bridges behind us. As we it was a brilliant <laughs> fucking strategy for fundraising. It's just, you know, just... Sucks. Yeah, we're, we're, we're pissing off so many people right now, but whatever. <laughs> when so, have we ever you know, tried to... <laughs> you MMT people, I'm going to give you my Twitter handle. Go ahead and yell at me. I'm ready for it. At Polly Bent, P-O-L-I. At Corona 55. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> at Polly Bent, P-O-L-I-B-E-N-T. Go ahead and yell at me. I know it's coming. I'm ready for you. 
Come at me, bro. Basically. Come at me, bro. And if you happen to be a fan of Iron Stash, just turn this off now. You're not going to. Oh, yeah. Look, if you're a fan of Iron Stash, you probably are not in the weeds enough to even. Well, and that's my show like this. my one possible defense of Bernie on this is that I know how much time it takes to research a candidate or sometimes to try to figure out if somebody's even a progressive based on the shit that they put online. So if he had his sure. team, you know, people or whatever that come to him and say, you know, hey, this guy is for all the things you're for and blah, blah, who knows exactly how that was presented to him. But I guarantee you Bernie Sanders doesn't sit there and do all of his team. own research. Yeah, that's another I, part I, of it. I think he surrounds himself with ostensibly progressive people, but there's still a lot of uh, bad opinions, I think, in his circle, Um, which a lot of his decisions, I think, can be attributed to that. And it's not uh, to absolve him, because ultimately he's where the buck stops, but I think just Democratic strategists are fucking morons. Like, to the (laughs) man, they are fucking morons. We I'm an independent strategist for the record. <laughs> I'm an independent yeah. strategist. <laughs> I, I, I'm a, I would consider myself a progressive strategist <laughs> who has to be registered as a Democrat because New York State is one of the most voter, voting restrictive states in the fucking country. <laughs> you literally have to register six months in advance to vote for a vote in a primary. So, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the Republicans are the only ones who suppress voters. But, you know, <laughs> whatever. Um, but... So I guess the bulk of the show, although we've been talking, <laughs> talking for 40 We should have started with sexual harassment because we would have gotten oh, to nothing God. else. Well, no, we're, we, got a lot of, we got a lot of fucking people to talk about because this was a rough week for oh. a lot of people I admired. and um, Yeah, so let's just get into uh, who who's a sex monster this week. Um, or who isn't, yeah. Yeah, no, that would be, as you said, that would be a shorter list. Um <laughs> So, obviously, the biggest one uh, that happened yesterday, I guess, or maybe it was two days ago, uh, was Al Franken. Uh, it came out that, and again, I, I'm going to mention a bunch of names. Not all these people are the same, obviously. I think that goes without saying. That being said, we can't tolerate it from anybody because if you politicize something like sexual assault or sexual misconduct, you're no better than the fucking lunatic Republicans who stand up for people like Roy Moore. Like that, that you're no better. You're just, you're playing fucking team sports and it's disgusting. So Al Franken this week uh, came out that he uh, groped uh, a female reporter while they were overseas on a USO tour, a veteran, you know, a a combat veteran. Before he was in Congress. Before, yeah, but you know, not much before actually, like a couple of years before. But before. (laughs) Yeah, before. Doesn't matter. <laughs> um, <laughs> so uh, there's a picture of him, you know, gr- grabbing her breasts, basically. Well, um, no, it, it looks like he's sort of he's motioning as if he's going to, but there is no cl- there's no clarity in that photograph that there's actual there's, okay, contact. There, uh, that's true. There's no clarity. It it actually to me, I thought when I looked at it, it's it's unclear because yeah. of the angle whether or not he's actually doing it or not. Um, but in addition to that, he, you know, cause it was a USO show. So he wrote a skit for the USO show where he, uh, kisses her, which she was not okay with. And then in rehearsals, he, uh, according to her, he reached in and grabbed her from in the back of the neck and like forced his tongue down her throat, uh, to which she immediately pushed away and said, you know. If you ever do that again, I won't be so nice, or something to that effect. Not a smooth move for anybody, really. No, it was it, just it, it's 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 really creepy, like gross behavior. Yeah. Um. 
So, you know, there was obviously a lot of <laughs> press coverage surrounding that. Republicans seized on it. But, you know, look, if you're a Democrat and you're defending that, like, I think that's fucking gr- like that's gross of you to do as a uh, as a person because you're just being partisan. Like, look, is it as bad as Roy Moore? No, that doesn't mean we should fucking tolerate it. And I'm not saying that he needs to be like, you know, removed immediately from the Senate. But I think they should certainly investigate it. And if they find that it's as bad as described or worse, he should, you know, consider resigning. Like it's it, it, it's something that it's a cult. It's it's more than just the act itself. It's just a culture that uh, people from that generation especially have perpetuated. And it's like it's never going to get fixed if there aren't consequences for these actions. Like, I I have conversations with people from that generation all the time, you know, people in their 60s, like, people I work with, people I interact with, and it's, like, fucking gross to hear them be like, oh, well, you know, everyone's a sexual assault or all that. Yeah, because you fucking people did nothing about it, and you let this culture, this rape culture, you know, perpetuate itself because you literally just kind of laughed off these things while all these women were being preyed upon in various ways, and it's like... Yeah, of course all this shit's happening now. It's a fucking avalanche and it's not going to stop. But that's it that it doesn't mean that we should discount them because it's like, oh, well, everyone's doing it then, you know, it, it's getting ridiculous. That's like the, such a dumb argument to me. And the defenses have been some of the I actually unfriended somebody on Facebook today cuz they they put up the picture of her cuz she was a model and very attractive woman when she did like a Playboy shoot. Yeah. And this guy was saying some of the most heinous shit, and people were calling him out. And um, at one point, he said something along the lines of, if you wear the whore uniform, oh don't God. expect to get treated not like that. Or it was like, what the oh, what in the fuck? And that's when I was like, immediately unfollowed. Yeah. It's amazing fuck how quickly these people turn into just... But Monsters. That's the, that that's the way that gener- and look, I'm really generalizing here, and I don't mean I don't mean everybody, but that's the way largely, and I think the facts bear it out based on all the shit we're finding out now that happened, you know, <laughs> from all the way from 40 years ago to 20 years ago to today. That generation has that fucking attitude. I talk to so many people who consider themselves liberals or progressives or whatever who fucking downplay sexual assault and sexual misconduct and sexual harassment as, like, no big deal. And it's like, you're the reason that this is the way it is now because your fucking generation, uh, uh, you know, carried the shit out and excused it from others. And now it's, like, it's all coming back to bite you and you want to act like it's no big deal. I mean, Well, that's- look, without question, there has been a cultural shift in the attitudes towards sex, sexuality, sexual harassment, rape, all of these things over the last, you know, 40 or so years, maybe longer. There's been a shift. We can acknowledge that. I mean, the work world that my mom lived in and the things that she had to tolerate, very different from, you know, where I could go to HR and, well, maybe they wouldn't help, but at least they'd pretend to, um, you know, on these things. So there's a difference. And I do think it's important to note, while I'm, you know, by no means a rape apologist in any of this, and I don't think it's, you know, I don't excuse what Franken did. It's wrong. I was actually, um, somebody online said, okay, you know, where are the liberals that are going to come and call for his resignation? I said, okay, I'll, I'll be the first. I'll do it. You know, like, I don't, yeah, I, I think, and, and the bigger thing for me is not, 
beyond that specific incident, I think the ethics investigation piece of it is important because very often what you find in these situations is that it goes beyond a single incident, that if someone had this attitude, if they did this in the presence of, clearly he was on a, a plane with lots of other people and thought it was hilarious. So if he did this in front of other people, chances are there's a lot more um, that's going to come out. And so, you know, and keep in mind my background, you know, I was interning and then working on the Hill during the whole Monica Lewinsky thing at a time when everybody's like, oh, it's just a blowjob and it's consensual and all these different excuses of it. I'm like, no, back then I said the same thing that I'll say now. There's a power relationship here that, you know, famous people, um, you know, bosses, um, people in Congress, politicians, all of these people have with others um, that makes this just even more gross and unfair. Um, and so, you know, I can't, I can't defend it in any way, but at the same time, I will say there are shades of this. There are sure, differences. So it's, you know, it's different when someone's being accused of, uh, you know, as a, you know, over a 10 or 20 year period, constantly preying upon underage girls at a mall and, you know, having numerous, um, you know, we'll relationships. Right yeah. Yeah. yeah it, you know, it's different. Right. Um, but but none you know, of it's okay. It's yeah, we'd be hypocritical if we just said, oh, you know, well, it, one thing's different than the other and this one's fine. No, it's neither is fine. Um, it, it, yeah, I like that caveat, though, because I was talking with a friend last night who's a survivor, and she actually has an issue with some of her friends that have also are survivors of rape and sexual abuse that um, the media is always kind of handles this like way too... <clears throat> not censored enough almost where it can overwhelm people and ha they have to go back through therapy to deal with some things. Yeah. You get sure. triggered. Yeah. That's very true. Um, but yeah. she was saying though, at the same time, like, and coming from a, a rape survivor that not everything is rape. And like, we have to kind of, we have to be able to see the, the different levels of these things. All of them are wrong. Absolutely. But, I, some of the responses that I've seen in defense and then on the offensive do sometimes seem a little out of proportion. Some people sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. And, but, and that's the issue is, is like, especially in social media, there's no room for nuance ever. So I've no, seen a lot it's of just arguments. All reaction. Yeah. I've seen a lot of arguments where if the people probably sat down, they could, they could have that conversation. And I haven't said anything like that on social media because I know what the response is going to be. And I can't give a nuanced conversation at the end of the day it's wrong people need to be held accountable so we can stop this rape culture and that's and i think al franken by taking the step of owning it and making saying i will have an ethics investigation i think that's the best response yeah, of all of I these agree. and should just be common practice and i think louis ck's response was you know fair as well like uh, you know, he was admitting mostly, that it, yeah. yeah, mostly that it was shitty before, although I think he didn't necessarily admit all of what was likely the truth. Um, you know, I thought overall, if I had been the person writing the, um, the PR response, I thought it probably would have come closest to his in terms of expressing remorse and taking a look at yourself and all of those things. And, um, you know, it, it, um, it, it's funny that you mentioned Bill Clinton, too, earlier, because a lot of articles now are being written like, hey, maybe it's not cool that we fucking apologized. Uh, we're, we're apologists for fucking Bill Clinton for 20 years after he 
has been accused of sexual assault and rape by several women. Um, yeah, I think it was um, Matt Iglesias who wrote in Vox, you know, like, yeah. we were wrong on this. And he had actually written a piece back then and kind of blowing it off. Calling but it I trivial. do think, yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> I do think hindsight is, is 2020 on these things. And when you when you look back at it with the lens of today, the way that we view things and you add up all of the different accusations, and then you look at the way that we look at Trump, you've got to be consistent. Well, but they, are, they of course, sent their fucking dead-enders out into the media to defend the Clintons. And uh, this one asshole, I, you know, I forgot his name, uh, he was actually the guy who played Donald Trump in the debates with Hillary. Like, he would debate Hillary as Donald Trump to be, like... So it gives you an idea into his personality and character that they thought he was close enough to Trump to play him in the debate. <laughs> Um, but he was just like savaging, like people like Chris Kirsten Gillibrand, who made a comment about how what Bill Clinton did was unacceptable because I guess she was asked about it. And he's like, "Oh, the Clintons gave you their money, their uh, endorsement, and their seat, and this is how you repay them," which is also a great insight into how fucking corrupt Washington is. Because exactly. that literally is true. Because and apparently, he, if you give people money, they're not allowed to have any moral questions of you ever again. Yeah. And, and seat. He was like, oh, they gave you your Yeah, so they basically admitted that they're fucking hegemony and that they just installed her because she was, and which is true. I mean, yeah. she took Hillary's seat in New York and they, they made sure that she got that seat because she was, you know, which <laughs> deferential again, to their policies. Shows you how they do things. They pick their person in advance and they tell the American people who, who it's going to be. Hope. Kirsten Gillibrand has always been a very calculating figure, and I've always kind of called her mini Hillary because of some of her policies. Mm -hmm. She has taken stands, and I always thought it was kind of in service of 2020. I hope this makes her say, like, fuck these fucking people, man. <laughs> like, this is so not worth... Fuck these fucking my, fuckers. <laughs> like, this is so not worth my soul. Like, look at the way these <laughs> assholes talk to me when I, you know dare say something about one of their fucking... One of the members of the dynasty. Like That calculation will only happen if... Others. If they stop the money. Yeah, if basically it's clear to everyone that the Clintons are, you know, losing so much power as well, to they are. no I longer mean, be... That's why um, they're doing this. Yeah. They're lashing out so hard because they realize their power is fucking slipping out of their hands. Yep. Even among the, the establishment wing, I think, of the party. Yeah, donations to the foundation and all that stuff is down. I will so say, she is a co-sponsor of Bernie's worker co-op bill, the Work Act. So she's been a co-sponsor of almost all the good bills that have gone through the Senate. So I, you know, look, as y'all know, though, I'm crazy about what you're crazy about. Um, so you win me over. Yeah. She's young. Like I, I have my major reservations about her, but her future is still somewhat unwritten. Like if she, if she somehow like makes a public break with the establishment and like, I, I can genuinely believe it, then look great. That's great. We need another progressive voice in the Senate. So I, I'd be all for that. Uh, I, you know, she has previously described herself as a center left politician. So, I mean, look, we're getting into the weeds on Kirsten Gillibrand. I'm just saying, like, the Clintons are fucking monsters. And I'm glad that people are starting to realize that and not protect them anymore. But along the line of nuances, there was another story this week. So, you know, Stallone came out um, oh, and God, others, but there was a. Me. Yeah, another one that came out was particularly important at the progressive community, and that was on Jordan Cheriton. And some of you guys, you know, may not have seen it yet because the article went up on Huffington Post blog, and then it kind of got pulled down again, and it's then on it went, now. yeah, it went back up on Heavy, and I think uh, another version on Medium. But um, it appears that there was an incident, an accuser, possibly more than one, but but definitely one. Um, 
of some misconduct on the part of Cheriton, and the stories vary. His account of it varies, and the um, it's not even the accuser; it's others. It's right? a lot of he said, she said. Yeah, was, a lot of that going on, and to it's tough to look at. It's tough to read um, because you you get a different view of people, and um, you know than than the image you might have. Um, and nobody, none of us was there. It sounds like. One crazy fucking night, there's a hot tub, there's drinks involved, there's people getting naked, and whatever happens next is sort of the gray area. Um, was there yeah. consent? Was there not? Was there, you know, verbalization of permission? You know, who was involved? Who did what to whom? Um, so, you know, it's it's really uh, unclear for us to say at this point, I think, um He's he's on. Was he suspended? Um, he he was put on administrative leave by TYT, and they're investigating. So I mean, for me, I read through a lot of different things about it. I read through the, there's two or three articles by the author who contact or who was contacted by these women or contacted them, whatever it was. Right. There's Jordan's response. There's Truth Against the Machine's response, which is ostensibly Jordan's other response. Right. Um, there's a lot of he said she said, and this is not as cut and dry as some of the other things, and it. All, all seems to boil down to a couple of people saying that he was kind of a dick and a misogynist, and one woman maybe or maybe not giving consent for an act. And look, like I'll let I'll let this not to diminish because, it. Yeah, no, of course, because like TYT is going to investigate it, and obviously, I mean that's you know the company he works for, but they also don't want to look bad on this. So yeah, uh, he uh, says uh, he's got texts and he's got you know all yeah. sorts of different evidence. That'll so I'm come sure. out after the uh, after the investigation because he doesn't want to you know influence the investigation. So I think uh, if nothing else, it was just to me, and I think a lot of people this week, it was like <sighs> Christ on a cracker. Like, is there anyone that we're not going to get an allegation about? And there was a, a joke thing, you know, about Tom Hanks. What was it? Um, you know. <laughs> Tom Hanks still a good guy or something like that. Yeah, basically he's been accused of, yeah, by another woman of still being a good guy. It's like, (laughs) like you almost go, is there anyone left that isn't going to be accused? And and I get the fact that, um, you know, power and sex and a lot of these things go hand in hand. And so, you know, there's probably always going to be stories and then wherever there's money involved, there can be accusers, which is not to say that their allegations are true or not true. Um, you know, it's complicated. Um, yeah. So, I mean, there were a couple other ones I wanted to talk about this week because I think they're interesting jumping off points. Oh, well, one's not really jumping off point, but I was just really bummed out to see the, uh, Sylvester Stallone thing. Uh, I'm sure Max can attest, you know, as a young Italian growing up, (laughs) Sylvester Stallone's like our fucking hero of all heroes. Is he really? I, well, I don't know about Max. For me, you know, Rocky was like always my favorite movie as a kid. You know, I mean, I heard of people watching that over and over again, but I just, I, just, I don't get it. <laughs> fucking amazing. it. Have you have you seen it? Yeah, a long time ago. Oh, the worst with <laughs> well, yeah, I, mean, I know. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember something I saw five minutes ago. So, <laughs> you know, anything that celebrates Italians, we we pick up. He was a great <laughs> underdog, and he helped end the Cold War. Like Rocky's great. So, but you know, sure. Um, <laughs> So, and he, and he genuinely always seemed like a pretty nice guy, like, in public life when you'd he- hear him in interviews and stuff. So it's really distressing to see that he uh, allegedly raped a 16-year-old when he was 40, I believe, or I, I could be getting his age wrong, but 
she was she was sixteen, the 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 accuser, and apparently like his bodyguard also like participate. I don't know. It, it's pretty harrowing shit. Like I don't want to. I I don't like to go too far into the details and some of the stuff because I you know as you said it's really it's, hard. We it's don't a bit know. of a triggering thing for some people. And I will like, admit, having been a little bit of a precocious teenager, you know, when I was fifteen, I did not look fifteen. Um, and so, you know, I was going at 15 using a fake ID and getting into CBGBs and shit in New York. So, um, you know, <laughs> I recognize the fact that it can be challenging for men to determine ages. Now, if he knew going into it, I mean, again, we don't know all these details. Well, but she's so also really acu- alleging that he did, did it against her will. So right. That's a whole and that's a different, again, a different piece of it. Yeah. Well, and one thing that I've seen emerge that I think is just totally absurd and it actually came out of conversations that somebody reported um jordan and the cameraman ty having but i've heard this talking point other places is that women will make these accusations if they regretted um you know a bad decision to have sex with a man i've seen that happen i've seen that happen i've witnessed that happening so there is some truth to it i feel like that's not a that's such a dangerous thing to put out into the world though because i know like literally, I like there were some studies that said only like two percent of ac- of sexual assault accusations have been proven false. But so that's to, the allegations that are on the record, and that's the ones that you could actually prove false. Which in most of these cases, it really does wind up he said, she said. That's why you know prosecuting like, rape is so complex because it really is difficult to say what happened. To me, that's the same thing as the death penalty, though. If there's even one case of uh, of a an innocent man being killed or innocent woman being killed, we shouldn't have the fucking death penalty. Like if there's a, if well, there's, if a, there's a majority even... of cases of people uh, who who are accused that they actually did it, we shouldn't just discount everyone's account because there's a chance that they're trying to ruin the person. But like on the reverse, obviously... to your your exact logic, though, on the reverse, then if if there's even a chance that someone is innocent, we we shouldn't jump on the bandwagon and assume that we know everything about the situation. We're not, you know, but I mean, that's internet culture is bandwagon kind of culture, but I think every accusation should be met with, uh, seriousness and, you know, and actually looked at. I agree. uh, I agree completely. And, and And definitely we need, I mean, look at all the rape kits around the country that we haven't processed the backlogs there. I mean, there's just, there's a ton of stuff that, um, that needs to be done around, you know, rape culture and, and dealing with sexual assault and prioritizing it and believing women and all of that. Um, you know, so I, I don't, you know, say this to discount it. I'm just saying that I have been witness to, you know, that. Yeah, and so uh, I, I just think it's a dangerous road to walk down. Cause like, yes, that's true. But then that also kind of gives people who want to discount who want an out. Yeah. Uh, like a, a wiggle room to say, oh, well, look, this is, yeah, I agree. And that's why we shouldn't <laughs> believe any of these women. Like, I, well, yeah, I mean, I almost feel like to walk. I mean, I'm, I'm glad I'm not out there right now dating and, you know, in all of this world, because mm-hmm. it's a really complicated, complex time with all of the apps and Tinders and, you know, I don't know, all of this. I didn't, even, I didn't even know it was a thing until this. Yeah. Story. I mean, you know, all of this stuff and, you know, it's like, if I were actually a guy or a girl out there right now, I'd be like pulling out a contract going, okay, do you agree to this and this? And if I do this, yeah, you'll do, no, I mean, honestly, like seriously. it's getting to that point because, um, um, you know, after the fact, um, it seems dangerous. like the stories can change. Yeah. Protect yourself. That's, that's why I'm 21 and engaged. And I love the person <laughs> a lot. 
There you go. Yeah. Don't need to worry about it. No, we're all, we're all good in that front. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I mean, we, we all I, survived. We survived. I, I get what you're saying with the. It, it, I think it's just it's also complex too because of like what goes on with the victim's head. Like, and they mentioned this in some of the Jordan articles. We saw it with the Cosby um, cases. How you know sometimes victims don't know they 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 give the predator benefit of the doubt and then they um especially in the case of bill cosby and then they might still like hang around or be involved with the person and then right. outside people are like well if he did that to you and it was so bad why are you still with him so the whole thing is just it's really complex and that's why i'm against when people will say that you know it's a uh, it's a regret thing of course that exists but I feel it can like take it's time to process it too. Yeah, it can take time for you to even sort of bring into your consciousness and be willing to admit that something happened against your will. So that you know, again, there's or there's... come forward even after you after you understand that or acknowledge it. Like you know, we I mean, all these women coming forward years later. It's like, well, if you feel like you're the only person that's going to come forward, you're going to be savage, like in the in the public eye. Like, well, and uh, bringing it up again, it it's like it's like being triggered again. It's every yeah. single emotion. It's, it's like PTSD. It brings it out all over again and you become re-victimized very often all over again. So it's like, a, it's, like it's, it's like, imagine like the worst thing never happened to you. And then having to talk about that with everybody you fucking know in your, in your life, like that, like all the time, that's, that's what it's like if you come forward publicly, especially with some of these, public figures and then on top of that you have a bunch of assholes on twitter being like oh you're a fucking liar you're a whore you're all this right, stuff right. like why would anyone want to come forward like that's it's like it, there's no benefit like no, none of these women are like writing you know bo- like books off of this like this is well, a fucking nightmare you know is there a benefit i mean there's a revenge benefit for some people um well, you know if, if they... it's revenge for something that the person actually did i mean no i mean there's can be a revenge benefit for you know having been rejected and so wanting to ruin someone's life in the eyes of their you know new girlfriend or whatever i mean i i've seen some shit is all i'm saying and i've seen girls are not always 100 percent right on these issues i wish that they were it's just Um, such a danger yeah i know it's it's just a dangerous argument to make because again i think it gives credit to people who want to discount uh, real, I don't, you know, I mean, <laughs> investigate everything, look into everything. Yeah. But, um, you know, I think that's why we have courts of law and other things, because the court of public opinion will string you up and hang you before you ever get to even say a word. So there are a couple couple more I wanted to mention. Uh, you know, Jeff Tambor uh, came out last week that he was accused and it was this. Uh, initially he played it off as like, oh, it was well as my assistant and who has who I fired. So she has a vendetta. Uh, it was it was a trans woman that he he had uh, employed as his assistant, and I guess she was no longer with him. Um, but then a second accusation from one of the uh, actress, another trans actress from the series Transparent, came forward and said that he assaulted her on set. Uh, and a pretty gr- I don't really want to go into the details. It's pretty gross, but uh, you could you could read about it. Um, so it seems pretty obvious that you know that that he is guilty because this person literally is on a has a starring role on a series with him would have no reason to come forward and accuse him if he didn't actually do it and that's sort of my point is that when you look at these things you also need to look at whether it's a pattern of behavior you look at bill clinton there was clearly a pattern of behavior he had a type i mean it just all you know there was a pattern and so i think female (laughs) it's not to say that something couldn't happen one-off but it's to say 
I think we also need to, um, you know, look at the entire situation and others around. It's, if it's a workplace or there are others who experience the same thing or who witnessed it, there's just more to look at. Yeah. Um, so that was, that was, you know, uh, that's, that's unfortunate because he always seemed like a great voice for equality and he, he's a, you know, I look, I know him personally. I, I won't go into how I know him personally, but, yeah. um, he's, he is a genuinely nice person. Like it, when I met him at least. So okay. I'm going to stop you there because this is a common problem that people have. And that is that they assume that because someone was nice to them to me, yeah, no, yeah I was gonna say, that to therefore, me. you know, they're like that in every situation. And the challenge with these things is that people can compartmentalize this behavior, you know, that, that a guy can be a certain way alone with a woman and, and very different, you know, around other guys and women. I mean, they're, you know, um, people know when they can get away with this shit or they, they calculate anyway when they can get away with this shit and when they can't and they compartmentalize it. So it's very possible that someone is completely awesome in every other area of their life. I mean, Jeffrey Dahmer was apparently great with his grandma, right? They had an awesome relationship. He helped her all the time, but you know, he was killing and eating people in her house. So (laughs) just saying. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's true. Um, yeah, no, and, and I, w- I, w- I wasn't saying that to excuse him. I was going to say he's been nice to me. So <laughs> Sorry, distra- I didn't mean to shut you down there. <laughs> no, it's fine. I was going to say, you know, he's been nice to me, so it's tough for me to say this. But, like, look, it, this shit is, is, is horrible, the stuff he's done. So, you know, you can be one way with one person and then in your private life be a totally different uh, way. Um, That's what makes it challenging. I mean, uh, you know, Anne Rule became famous for writing the book The Stranger Beside Me, which talked about Ted Bundy. And, you know, they worked together on a suicide prevention hotline. And, you know, Hmm. she describes him in that book as, I mean, just being like very, you know, caring and understanding and everything else. But she came to see how he manipulated people with that and how, you know, his charisma kind of helped with that. And so um, I think we need to get... So he had more murder victims. We need to get better about identifying these things and paying attention to the signs, the little things. Um, you know, that we might otherwise ignore. Um, we need to really look carefully at these things. Yeah. Um, there's a couple other ones, uh, that I just wanted to bring up real quick. Uh, obviously the Roy Moore thing, I, you know, we'll, we'll talk about Roy Moore at the end, but, uh, another one that, uh, we didn't really get a chance to talk about last week was George Sakai. Um, who's always been, uh, a big, you know, voice of the resistance, uh, of, of what I call, you know, the kind of mindless celebrity. I have way too much time and money on my hands. So all I'm going to talk about is Russia resistance. Um, he was accused of sexual assault, uh, of a male model in the eighties. <laughs> and, um, rather than kind of own up to it or you look, and again, everything needs to be investigated. He actually tried to blame Russia for spreading the fucking story about, his alleged sexual assault. Like he, he was sending out these fucking charts from the, one of these horrible new organizations, these fucking red scare organizations started by these Hollywood, you know, millionaires with too much time in their hands, uh, where it said, look, Russian bot activity was, uh, through the roof, uh, sharing out this story about me. He literally tried to fucking blame people learning about his alleged sexual assault on the Russians. Like these people are so fucking shameless, and and again, I, who knows what metric they're using to measure this? Because I've seen 
uh, people who I know personally being called Russian bots by... I've been called that. (laughs) Yeah, we've we've both been called that. And people... uh, I don't know what the metric they're using. I, I, I can't imagine there's any kind of, uh, you know, science behind it, but other than like, look, these are the topics that are trending. We think that there's a, a million Russian bots or a hundred thousand Russian bots on Twitter. Therefore they are pushing this story. Well, they look at the activity and they look at the repetition and yeah, yeah I mean, there are ways to technically actually analyze and determine which ones are bots and which ones are not. But but there's also not, no guarantee that these people are Russian and or that they're, you know, bot like. They're, well, and yeah, to that point, that was one of the releases. I think it was this week from WikiLeaks. Um, they talked about it was a CIA tool that enables them to make it look like traffic is coming from, say, Russia um, when actually it's coming from somewhere else. So, you know, all of this this narrative of this, that and the other was from Russia becomes completely untrustworthy when you recognize that our government can fabricate any of that. Yeah, you know, you're just making it up. I mean, like, you know, it, maybe it's true. Maybe it's not true. Like, it, it, again, this is just such a disproportional uh, response to a problem that, uh, you know, may or may not even exist, uh, that it makes you look like an idiot and it makes people not take you seriously when you try to talk to them about policy. It's like when someone like George Takai or Rob Reiner tries to say, like, look, the GOP tax plan is horrible because it's going to raise taxes on the middle class. People are going to say, you're a fucking lunatic who pushes like Red Scare propaganda. So why would I listen to you when you're trying to tell me that? Well, anyway, I mean, George Takai, he was on Star Trek. Okay, he was, um, you know, on his, his Internet presence is largely one of comedy. So, yeah. you know, uh, Rob Reiner, I mean, the same kind of, like, these aren't necessarily people that are, um, I don't know, just like, it's not like yeah. Mother Teresa or something. No, I mean, but these are also people who just have not been uh, connected with the real world for a long time because they've been millionaires for, for at least the last, you know, 30 years. And they don't understand the concerns of actual people. So things like this Russia thing are fun for them because it's almost like a fucking movie plot. And it's like they're doing a lot of harm because they have a much louder voice on social media than regular people do. And that then even regular journalists do. And and George gets paid. They actually, somebody released that this week that he was getting paid. Yeah. It wound up like $10,000 every time he shared out a Mike article, which was more than the actual writer of the article was getting paid. (laughs) He was kind of pissed about it actually. Capitalism for you. (laughs) (laughs) So Yeah. (laughs) That's movies actually do that too. Oh. Uh, movies spend more money on advertising than they do on the budget a lot of the time. Like uh, I, I, directors would have to argue, like, look, you don't need to fucking market this so much. I have a built-in audience. Like Kevin Smith talked about that years ago. He's like, look, right. I have a built-in audience. You don't need to spend ten million dollars advertising a three million dollar movie. Give me seven million dollars, I'll make a fucking great movie. And I can push it out through all the channels that people already know me from. Yeah, but and I'd people... always go see a Kevin Smith movie. So yeah, I'm that yeah. loyal. Yeah. Yeah, and people just don't can't wrap their heads around like new models of distribution because they're all a thousand fucking years old. Well, it's also the power mechanism keeping the power mechanism going. You know, it's all their buddies and their you know, yeah. It's the same with the DNC. It's like they know that these people who are the consultants that work for them are fucking horrible at their jobs, but it's a cycle of you know this corruption that they can't get rid of them because it's like look. These people depend on us for their for their you know the gravy train. 
Yeah, the gravy train. I mean, we we found out that story about Debbie Wasserman Schultz still uh, retaining Obama's pollster after he won in 2012. Who the fuck <laughs> are you polling? He won. He's not going to run again. What are you polling? She paid him, like, she paid, like, uh, I, it was some crazy number. Yeah, I don't know with some of her stuff if it was just, like, shitty accounting practices, like, uh, you know, or if they were actually, like, like, the same with uh, Donna <laughs> Brazil staying on the payroll and the Amron brothers. I mean, there's just a lot there that... You know, well, it's kind a of mix wonder. of corruption and incompetence. Yeah, not seen in a, a like in, in, <laughs> levels in, in, unseen. Yeah, levels <laughs> almost unseen in in human history. So it, it, I think it's a combination of both. But um, yeah, so that was that was real. That really pissed me off. And people, rightfully, even people who aren't like you know woke progressives, were like, "Are you fucking seriously trying to blame or trying to deflect?" Uh, heat from your sexual assault accusation on Russia. Like, are you fucking kidding me? So I actually think that that was useful because a lot of people who may be more inclined to follow along with his evidenceless narrative would look at that and say, Oh wow. Like he's shameless. Like was well, the same with Kevin Spacey, basically deflecting by saying, I choose to live my life as a gay man. <laughs> You know, well, well, yeah, but if you fucking assaulted somebody, that's not really. Well, but the idiot press, of course, ran with that and was like, oh, Kevin, Kevin Spacey comes out. as gay. Yeah, uh, same PR with Harvey Weinstein. Is, yeah, these people are smart. They know what they're doing. <laughs> yeah. Well, and they're soulless, so they have no problem. <laughs> that's the other part. Yeah. If it, you know, like it, that was Harvey Weinstein was the first. I, he showed everyone how to do it because in his statement about his allegations, he was like, oh, well, I'm going to take this time to fight the NRA. Like, really, dude? Really, dude? Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Um, you're done. You're done, son. Please go sit in the corner forever. Yeah. <laughs> and by corner, I mean a fucking jail cell. Well, and then his own brother came predator. out and was like, yeah, he's horrible. So, well, that's because, yeah, but that's all because he wanted to keep his spot at the top of that company. Right. And right. then accusations about him came out later. So it's well, like... again, yeah, soulless. I mean, they'd, you know, stab anybody else to save their own lives. This is, this is why I can't live in that world and why I'm yeah. glad that for any consulting or strategy or should I do for politics that I'm on the outside of that now. Cause yeah, I have a soul and I couldn't do it. <sighs> so, you know, we, we're going to get, we'll get out of here, but I, I do want to mention Roy Moore quick because we didn't have a chance to talk about that too much. Um, on last week's show, because uh, I, I think even since then, more accusations have come out about him. Is he up to like five accusers now? Yeah, there have been more that came forward and actually got doxxed. And um, yeah, they ha- they sent some reporters to uh, you know dig into these people's backgrounds and try to slander them that they're divorced multiple times or had a bankruptcy or whatever. None of which, uh, <laughs> you know, which means anything. Yeah, has anything to do with the accusations. Um, and yeah, no, he's he's like a total pedophile. Like, and, and then actual other reporters actually went and, and dug up the fact that he was banned from the, uh, I forget the name of the mall, but like a local mall and a local YMCA, right? Because he was such a creep that he would hang around and like prey on young girls there. So uh, it, it seems to be not just you know one or one or two, but it seems to be a pattern of behavior. It still blows my mind, though, like how some of this stuff stayed quiet for so long. When you look at somebody like Dennis Hastert and, you know, his behavior with young boys or some of the like how they they go in the other way. Dennis Hastert was one of the most vocally anti-gay, you know, politicians. It's like they 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 come out and they. Yeah, there was just a guy in Ohio. The same thing. Right. Did you see that one, Max? Yeah. Uh, you know, you take your biggest weakness and project it on your enemies. Like yeah. People would talk about how Hillary used to do that with, um, uh, 
I, I fuck, I forget what it was, but that that was the, like that. There's so there's that's like one of the oldest like scummy tricks in the political playbook is take yeah. your biggest weakness and project it on your enemy. Right. Republicans do it all the time. I mean, yeah. you know, <laughs> with some well, of the morals and, and family values shit, and they're the actually, fucking they're along, the ones who get caught in bathrooms with you know fourteen year old boys. So. Yeah. Well, actually, along the Russian narrative, there's some discussion of that now because with um, some of the sealed indictments and things, and the links to the Podesta group and whatever, some are saying that her all you know entire thing of calling out uh, Trump as a Putin puppet was actually deflecting from her own ties That's to that Russia. Was I, that was what yeah. I was reaching for, and I couldn't remember. Yeah. Yeah. So. No, I mean, absolutely. Well, and her, and we found out in the WikiLeaks, her internal polling that she did before the election said that her biggest weakness was when pe- people were asked, uh, would your opinion or would, would your willingness to vote for Hillary Clinton change if you found out that she uh, uh, was facilitated a deal that sold off 20% of America's uranium production to Russia? And that was of course her they have weakness. to, yeah, focus group everything. <laughs> yeah, of course. They can't have it. They can't fucking take a shit without <laughs> focus grouping, you know, the way that they're going to wipe up to up or down or back or back right. or front. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, I, you know. I, so I just, in short. So, so Roy, but yeah, Roy Moore, he, he, fucking absolute pedophile, no question about it. Um, so the Republican establishment has largely distanced themselves and said that he should step down. Um, you know, I, I, I don't want to say that they're, I, I don't want to give them too much credit because uh, I don't think they're doing this for altruistic reasons. I don't think Mitch McConnell, Mitch McConnell has an ethical fucking bone in his turtle shell. Um, I think <laughs> that um, it's more likely that he doesn't jibe with their brand of establishment Republicanism. He's much more of a Trump Republican and they didn't like him from the beginning. Right. So this is a great opportunity for them to try to install Luther strange into that spot or, you know, it's a complicated process. Once somebody wins a primary, I don't really know what's going to happen. I mean, yeah, there's discussion now that, um, you know, of putting sessions in this seat, um, like as a write-in candidate. And so you go, okay, well, they didn't like the fact that Sessions recused himself. So maybe they, you know, they got to do something with him. So they're going to shove him over to that seat so they can put somebody else in on the Russian. I mean, you just don't know what these people, they're so calculating and so horrible. They are. People in Alabama, the Alabama conservatives will fucking riot though. If I, you know, it's amazing to me is that still after all this shit, uh, He's still polling like pretty close within the margin of error to Doug Jones, which shows you that Alabama. Uh, they're not even Alabamans sure who the president ra- is. Or, I mean, yeah, gosh. Alabamans would rather vote for a pedophile than a Democrat, apparently. Well, and that was the thing in one of the surveys. Many of them said that they were more likely to vote for him after all this uh, came out because they view it as, you know, the, the left trying to attack yeah. him or a smear that isn't true. I mean, it's impossible to. <sighs> Uh, to expose anything when when that's the the automatic rea- automatic reaction, yeah. Um, but you know the Republican establishment owns this because they've facilitated this bullshit for fucking years <laughs> through all the propaganda they use they've they've uh, put out there with Fox News and the New York Post and all these outlets. They've created this base of fucking mindless idiots who think that education is bad and facts are bad and facts are wrong and nobody's telling you the truth. When you put that into the world for fucking twenty thirty years, you can't. You, that's that's their a monster of their own creation. So right. these, these lunatics 
are totally on the Mitch McConnells of the world. Like even if, you know, they can they can they can distance themselves from them all they want, but they are, uh, you know, they, they broke it, so they got to buy it now. <laughs> like that's. Uh, um, I don't know. If, did you see the press conference that 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 Roy Moore gave? Well, I, sh- I say Roy Moore that that uh, that female spokesperson gave for him. No. Oh, it, it was hilarious. I'll, I'll insert the audio here. And uh, we're going to talk about issues today. If anyone has a question about issues. Yes, sir. The major issue here is, Judge, did, did you touch any of these women who have accused you of touching them? Just answer it, answer it unequivocally. This is a room of faith. God's listening to you, too. Answer the question, please. He's already answered that no, question. No, answer that question. He's have you, that have question. you ever touched any of them, sir? Uh, but listen, he's no, already answered Let him that speak. Question. He's running for he Senate, ma'am. Uh, he has spoken repeatedly. In fact, I heard him answer that question. Let him speak. He can answer the question. Who paid for this microphone? And what I want to say is he's answered that question repeatedly. He hasn't answered the question. And it was answered sufficiently as was on Sean Hannity. Let's take a look. Sir, would you like to answer the question, yes or no? Next question, sir. Does Judge Roy Moore categorically deny he dated high school girls you read his letter, and it addresses that very clearly. Can he we speak for himself, him please? Judge, you're running for Senate. Speak, please. for the microphone. I'm sorry. Yes, sir. Do you have a question about an issue? That's the issue right now. All right. Well, we appreciate you staying and uh, coming, and uh, I'm glad you got more church than you probably had in the last 10 years. Basically, it was just people being like, hey, like, she was like, do you have any questions about policy? And everybody asked about that thing, and then she just kept moving on. And every reporter was like, "Yes, I, I want to know uh, policy-wise what what, what what are your uh, like." And literally, she just ended the press conference early, and she unbelievably she fucking tried to hide because it was in a church. Yeah, of course, he's this big fucking evangelical. Yeah, um, she's like. Uh, I thank y'all for coming today to the church. There's probably more church than, uh, than all y'all reporters have gotten in the last 10 years. Oh, I, I like, heard about that, yeah. Are you fucking kidding me? You're trying to high-road reporters after you just defended a pedophile? Like, But that's, <laughs> that's fucking the evangelical mindset to a T to me. That's think about those mental acrobatics. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Evangelicals are the biggest fucking hypocrites in the world. Like, I'm not – and this is not like an all-Christians thing, but evangelical Christians – are just totally fucking mindless hypocrites. It's unbelievable the shit that they can rationalize in their brains. I'm not willing that, like, to generalize it that way, but I will say I will, that I many care. are. I, you I know, I've known some good people. Fucking devil. They voted for but. Donald Trump like 90%. <laughs> so, you know, I, I look, I, I'll, I'll generalize the whole, the whole sect of, of Christianity. I don't give a fuck. Um, so your Twitter handle is what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, hey, tweet your shit at me. I, I'd love to argue with a fucking evangelical at a Monterulo on Twitter. Come at me. <laughs> I, don't, I don't give a shit. Um, I, I highly doubt we attract an evangelical. <laughs> yeah, they were. If they were. They were. Please, please, if you are evangelical and listening, please do tweet to me. If um, you've made it I, to this point in the podcast and I'd you're still to, listening, from you, and uh, you're evangelical, we need to study your brain. <laughs> yeah, no, seriously. <sighs> um so oh uh, also uh you know I, I forgot to mention at the top of the show but we are on patreon now uh patreon.com slash move left uh and it's uh three bucks a month to join uh one of the cheaper patreon memberships out there and we're doing a uh political movie review podcast for three dollar backers uh, called movie left our first episode we did a couple weeks ago was JFK, uh, the Oliver Stone movie. Very timely, yep. Yeah. 
And uh, this week, we're going to be releasing our coverage of They Live, the 1987, I want to say, 87, 88, uh, John Carpenter movie. Um, I, you know, LaDonna hasn't watched it yet, so I won't talk too much about <laughs> no it. No spoilers. <laughs> it's very relevant to uh, the class struggle in this country. And in, in, <laughs> I'm sure if you've seen it, you would know. I, it, I highly recommend it. It's one of my absolute favorite sci-fi uh, movies of all time, uh, and it's it's unfortunately even more relevant today than it was when it was made. Uh, but I think he was pretty visionary to see what was coming down the coming down the pike. Uh, so watch it, pay the three bucks, and you can listen to us talk about it. And uh, yeah, you get two, two extra it. podcasts a yeah. month, and you help us keep the lights on figuratively um, yeah. at the podcast here. Pay for the hosting costs. Um, I'm at a Montrulo on Twitter. Aldana's at a Polybent, P-O-L-I-B-E-N-T. Uh, come back and check us out next week on Move Left Idiots. Antifa!